Welcome to After Dark, Robin Andrew on the America Outlaw platform. We have a great show for you tonight. My co-host tonight is Heather Robinson of the New York Post. And I'm sure you guys have noticed that for the past two weeks, Heather has not been with us. She's been probably on assignment looking at other, uh, covering other stories, but glad to have her back tonight uh, to discuss the events that are taking place. One of the things I want to talk about, of course, is Nikki Haley refusing to bow out of the presidential race. We found out that the Koch brothers have decided that they are going to stop funding her, which I think that them funding her was a huge uh, contributor of her campaign and helping her to stay afloat. But I'm sure that there are others that are going to do the same thing because shortly after New Hampshire, I think it was the founder of Home Depot who decided that they were going to close their wallet. So we have that to talk about. I want to talk about the illegal aliens. I want to talk about the death of the young, the murder of a young girl in Georgia. I think it's Georgia. And I think that, in my humble opinion, uh, the blood lies at Biden's feet. I also want to uh, talk about the ceasefire in Israel and being a black man and Heather, a Jewish woman, I want to get her thoughts on who does she think, which president does she feel or party will do most for, in her instance, uh, the Jewish community and for me, the black community. And I'm sure you guys probably know my position on that. So we're going to get started here. And um, Heather, how are you tonight? How are things? I'm okay, Rob. Thank you. I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, glad that you're back. I'm sure that, like I said, that you were probably out taking, looking at, uh, investigating, doing some investigative journalism on other stories. And I'm sure that you've been watching the news here as I've been sending you, as we always do, when we're not on the air, we exchange different articles to make certain that the other person sees it and to get their comments to see what their thoughts are. And just right off the bat, I want to get your thoughts briefly on Nikki Haley. Why yes. do you think that she's still she's refusing to to bow out gracefully? Well, I I heard her speak last night, Rob, uh, and I thought it was interesting. At one point, she said something like, uh, "At this point, I'm running as a Republican," which afterward commentators were saying suggests that she might be poised to make a third party run or something like that so i mean i don't know i mean i i i you know i'm a trump uh supporter but i think that she'd certainly be better than biden and i mean maybe she would consider doing that i mean we keep hearing that a lot of people like her, you know, including people who would never vote for Trump but are dissatisfied with Biden. Although in my my small sort of straw poll, I don't really talk to any Democrats who say they would vote for her. I don't know. Do you? No, I, I haven't. I've seen them on TV to say that they definitely voted for her during the primaries because they didn't want Trump. A few said that they would consider voting for her, but they didn't sound convincing. And I think it's more so of a strategy to get at Trump. They won't uh -huh. vote for her. And, and she's a smart woman. You would think that she would see this. And Andrew and I, we spoke about this last night. You would think that she would see that they're only trying to prop her up because during these primaries in New Hampshire, even in Iowa, the caucus in Iowa 
definitely New Hampshire and in South Carolina. And New Hampshire, you were allowed to change your party affiliation to vote for the other party. And in South mm-hmm. Carolina, I'm hearing that if you didn't vote in the Democrat primary, which they had about two weeks ago, you're allowed to vote in the Republican primary without changing your party. So a lot of them did that. And I think many of them, I think going back as 2023, were saying that they were going to change their party affiliation in order to vote in the Republican primary so that they could vote against Trump. She knows this. She's campaigned on this. She, even Governor Sununu from New Hampshire knew about this. And they were appealing to those Democrats saying, switch your party, vote for Nikki Haley to vote against Trump. And I found that a bit uh-huh. disconcerting. And Mike, how could you, the Republican is your party. It's one thing to say, uh-huh. vote for me. But trying to convince Democrats just to vote for the simple fact that they're not going to vote in the general for her. They just want her to vote now. I found that to be quite disturbing, Heather. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I, I hear you, although there's a lot of those kinds of things that do go on. And, and uh, that's an interesting uh, theory, though, that maybe some of that 40 percent or whatever she got weren't even actually Republican voters. Um, but I don't know about you. I talk to a lot of people, a lot of our fellow conservatives who, who do not want Trump. I mean, maybe that's just my circles. No, I hear that. I hear the same thing. And I, I think that they are the the rhinos that don't want Trump. Well, because I mean, this is this is this is the way I look at it. OK, Trump will right now. He's a presumptive nominee. And if nothing changes, even if he's indicted, he will still be the Republican nominee. So unless right. you want Biden or Democrat to get in office, it's time for you to set aside your dislike for Trump, whatever it is. I mean, and I can't put my finger on it because when he was in office, he was good for the economy. He was good for the Republican Party. Now, this is this sets aside his tweets. I know a lot of people had a problem with his tweets, his personality. But then you look at Joe Biden's tweets, his personality, his constant lies, what he's doing to America, his destruction at the border, his destruction of the economy. So are you telling me that as a Republican, you are willing to forego everything for that? You're willing to throw away all conservatism just for Joe Biden to get back in? And if he gets in, or a Democrat for another four years, that's it for America. That's it. Because everything that he has been doing behind the scenes that we know that's coming out with China, and all these other groups, definitely at the border, it's over. So mm-hmm. I say to those Republicans, I know your dislike for Trump, but are you willing to give it up for another four years of Joe Biden mm-hmm. and his chaos? And if they can't answer that, and if their answer is still, but I don't like Trump, then you're not a Republican. You're not a conservative. You just want to wear the label to make yourself feel good. Because there's no way a true conservative or Republican would just throw everything out the window so that a Democrat can come in and destroy simply because you don't like Trump's personality. Again, his policies, the way he operated, what he did for the country was on par. Look at the Supreme Court. Look at our economy. Look at how he was on the global stage. 
A lot of them didn't like it. And I would submit to you that those are the rhinos or those are the swampers, the establishment, who claim to be Republicans, but in actuality, they're not. Well, but Rob, can I just interject? Sure. I do know quite a few people who are good people, military. One's a former Navy SEAL, another guy I know who served in the U.S. Navy. Just off the top of my head, I mean, these are, I don't know if they consider themselves they they are republicans and they consider themselves conservative leaning and they just they you know i mean you know i'm with you but they don't like them i mean i think that um there are some people who are just feeling that he will be too divisive all of this you know and of course i share your view that what matters are his policies and the effectiveness of them and especially with everything we've got going on the world now but you know, I mean, there is something maybe to be considered in terms of someone who could be more of a unifier. But we don't have a unifier who's running. And if they say he can be divisive, well, what do you think Joe Biden is? Joe, Bi- Joe Biden has divided us, starting with Obama, more than any other president. So again, yeah. when, I, when, I he- when I hear that, I say, I hear what you're saying. Okay, and it's a personality thing. But when you look at the policy, when you're looking at conservatism, and even take conservatism and the policy out, when you're looking at our country, trying to save our country, bring our country back together, do you actually think Joe Biden is going to do it? And if you say yes, I would submit to you the border. I would submit to you Russia. I would submit to you Ukraine. I would submit to you Hamas. Look at, look at his position, Joe Biden's position on Israel. Now, that's going to take us to my next topic that I want to ask you about. But you look at his stance on Israel after the October 7th attack. This administration, in my opinion, found it rather difficult to just come out strongly against Hamas. We see Joe Biden going to Michigan. In my opinion, trying to bow down to the Muslim community there and telling them that Israel needs to stop with the attacks. They need to do X, Y, Z. But no one is telling Hamas, stop. No one is telling Hamas, release the hostages. It shouldn't even be negotiable. It's you. If you don't do this, this is what we're going to do. But I think that the prime minister there, Bibi, is being methodical. He's being considerate. And he's saying, okay, Let's just, you know, let's see what they're going to do. He can go all out, in my opinion, and just obliterate. I mean, in this right now, level Gaza, just like this is it. We're tired of playing around. But he's being considerate and methodical. Meanwhile, the U.S. president, who's supposed to be their biggest ally, and our secretary of state are hemming and hawing. And in some instances, they're flat out behind scenes attacking Israel as if though Israel caused the attack back in October. Israel didn't cause that. You can say that Israel isn't a good player. You can say they've done things. But what happened in October is inexcusable. And for well, this administration not to be able to stand up and call it out simply because we have a small Muslim community in Michigan a small Muslim contingency on the Hill, to me, is disgraceful, Heather. 
I just keep wondering why don't these humanitarians organize some kind of an evacuation of children from Gaza or women and children? I mean, I would support that. Nobody, I, I don't like to see children getting killed. It's terrible. I feel terrible about it. You know, and I know Israelis do too. I know they do. I mean, they, they need to get rid of this Hamas though. But I mean, you know, of course we've talked about the sincerity of these so-called humanitarian left is, is really questionable. I mean, I guess the reality is, sadly, Rob, nobody really truly cares about these Gazan people other than a few very sincere Dear people, and I do, I feel sorry for the children, you know, I mean, not as sorry as I do for the Israeli children held captive and brutalized, but I feel bad for all children caught in this, and I would support any efforts to help them get out of there. But, I, you know, notice that with all the, the carrying on, I mean, it's just about vilifying Israel, basically. There's not much effort here. They're trying to bring aid in, but that just... It just buoys up the Palestinians to keep fighting on another day. I mean, if this is really about ending war and saving children's lives, why aren't we seeing convoys, you know, taking children out of there? Well, we know for one thing, Egypt won't take these people. Um, you know, I mean, if, it's just, it's just, it's terrible. And, you know, it continues and, um, I guess Israel's doing what they feel they have to do, Rob. And I, I think that BB is a convenient scapegoat. But, you know, I think, listen, I, I'm not a military strategist. I can't vouch for every decision he's making. But, I, you know, I think he needs to, you know, to finish this. And um, yeah, I just hope he can. I think he needs to finish it. I think that we need to leave him alone and allow him to finish it. But again, I think from just looking at it, reading different articles, uh, from articles written by Jewish journalists as well as American and some Muslim journalists, I think that he's being strategic, he's being methodical, and I think he's being considerate because he can very easily just say, this is it, this is what needs to happen. And when we look at history, that has always been the case whenever there was a war. You look at Arafat and how that, that war lasted for so long and I think it was uh, Netanyahu who said that we should have killed Arafat when we had the chance to do it, you know, but they didn't. And you look at what they went through. So fast forward 2023, everything is quiet, nothing is happening, and then Hamas launched their deadly attack, which they were probably planning for quite some time. And I, I believe they were because you look at the, at the tunnels that they had built under the cities under hospitals. And again, if they wanted this to stop, if they truly wanted it to stop, why don't they just release the hostages and say, okay, now we're going to fight this out country to country as opposed to having innocent children involved. There's one kid that they have as a hostage who's probably celebrated his first birthday as a hostage. Yeah. Where are the parents? Can you imagine how... I can't, I can't imagine how agonizing... That is, we don't hear that because our media, who, in my opinion, as I've said this before, Heather, is a operative of the Democrat Party, it needs to be stopped, will not put those stories out there because they don't want people to have sympathy. And if you think back during this, the civil rights movement, during the 60s, 
people started feeling for Black people when they started seeing the images of what was happening to them in the South with police officers turning, letting loose dogs, water on them. And they said, this has got to stop. The media was involved. Fast forward today, our media is trying to shut those stories out. The same way our media is trying to shut out the stories that there is a problem at the border and we're allowing illegal aliens to come here and wreak havoc. Look at what happened to the young lady in Georgia. She was raped. She was killed by an illegal who came to New York, was arrested and released, and then he goes to Georgia and commits a crime. Look at what happened Mm -hmm. here in New York in Soho, the Soho Hotel. The illegal killed a woman. He goes to Washington. And then what does Alvin Bragg, our DA, tries to do? He tries to extradite him back to New York. But the district of attorney in Washington said, no way. We're not going to release him because we don't trust you. We don't have any confidence that if he were to come back to New York, that you won't let him out to wreak more havoc and then come to Washington State and create more havoc. This is what we're up against, and it has to stop. Now, we're up against a hard break, but when I come back, Heather, I want to continue this conversation, and I want to ask you, as a Jewish woman, who do you think would better serve the Jewish people as president, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? You're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform, and my co-host tonight is Heather Robinson. We'll be back after this commercial break. Thank you. Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, inflammation, and weight. These are all real-world problems that 87% of Americans are struggling with. Often, there are no symptoms, but left unattended, we become inundated with one health problem after another. It's time to fight back with Heal Right. Heal Right is a bar that you eat, but it's food as medicine that addresses the nutritional root cause of health issues in just eight weeks. Developed by world-renowned scientists and backed by 15 years of research, Heal Right is effective, but it's also delicious and works without additional diet or lifestyle changes. Step out of the statistics and use food as medicine. Visit HealRight.com slash OutLoud or AmericaOutloud.shop and use the code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop. That's AmericaOutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use Cofix RX because it works. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. And we're back after Dr. Robin Andrew for the second half of the show. And when we went to break, I was I teased with a question that I wanted to ask Heather as far as who does she think would be a better friend to the Jewish community and to Israel, Joe Biden 
or Donald Trump. In the past, it has always been known that the Democrats, so it seemed, or they would like to think, that they are friends of Israel and definitely the Jewish community. And here in New York City, there is a large Jewish community here. Uh, I would say the same thing for blacks, that Democrats would like to think that they are better for blacks than Republicans. And we have seen this played out down through the years and even now. But as a black man, I don't agree with it at all. Because as I've said on this show, if you go back and look at some of our podcasts, I have constantly laid out the fact that Democrats have done absolutely nothing for blacks but to keep them on a mental slave plantation. A lot of people don't like that. They say, how could you go there? How could you say it easily? You look around you. Since the Civil Rights Act was passed, what gain has come to the black community? What significant changes have happened? That has been almost 60 years, and yet and still we're saying we shall overcome. Give us our chance. When is it going to happen? Look at, the, look at the, the poverty in the black community. Look at Chicago. And now they're getting ready to dump, or not getting ready to, but they're dumping illegal aliens in the black community, which is suppressing the rages, suppressing the property value. And blacks are saying, we've had it. Now, I don't know if they've had it such that when it's time to vote, that they will cast their vote for Republicans, or will they continue to cast it for Democrats? But I would submit to you that the Democrats have done nothing significant for blacks. Yeah, they've thrown a couple of crumbs here and there. But for a large majority, for a large portion, when you keep hearing black people say, when is it going to be our term? When are you, what are you going to do for us? And then this entire thing with reparations. Now, I, for one, I'm completely against it. I think you give me the opportunity, which you say you're going to do. That's my reparations. But then, too, you look at Democrats saying, we're going to give it to you, but we've got to set up a committee to, to study this, but when it comes time for illegals, you can write the check, you can give them a phone card, you can give them money for food, you can give them housing. What about a committee that was going to study that? So you see, when Democrats say we're going to do this for you, they don't mean it. They're just telling you that so that you will think that, oh, we're going to get this, so we're going to keep voting for you. But in actuality, they're not going to do it for you. Because if they were going to, they wouldn't talk about it. They would just do it. So that's my position on Democrats and blacks. We need to dump the Democrats because they're not doing anything for us. And it's not to say the Republicans have done much, but what do we have to lose at this stage of the game? We've been voting Democrats for far too long. And in my opinion, it is time to dump them. So Heather, I ask you as a Jewish woman, what are your thoughts uh -huh. As far as Democrats, Republicans, Biden, or Trump for the Jewish community? Well, I'm with you, Rob. I mean, I just think that um, the Jews, a lot of Jewish Americans kind of reflexively have this allegiance to the Democratic Party. They view them as the party of the underdog. Um, and because of Jewish history, you know, as I guess you could say also, you know, that maybe there are some parallels, you know, as far as black history, there's been a lot of oppression and um, 
think there's the impulse to side with somebody who's perceived to have less power. So, you know, the, we talked a little bit about the immigration thing, you know, during World War II, during the Holocaust, one of the, the horrors of it wasn't, you know, just what Hitler was doing. Of course, it was first that, but also there was nowhere for Jews to go. Jews were turned away from every country, including America. Um, so, you know, other than, by the way, 10,000 Jewish children were taken in by in England as part of the kinder transport. Um, and there were a few other countries like China, but um, mostly Jews, you know, the doors were closed to Jews. And so Jews tend to side with, you know, the, um, the party that champions immigrants, that sort of thing. Of course, Many of us understand there's a difference between legal and illegal immigration. There's a difference between really bona fide asylum seeking and coming here for economic opportunity or just for nefarious purposes. And, um, you know, it seems belatedly people are recognizing um, how out of control this situation is with the border and that, you know, we can't solve the whole world's problems and all of this. So I would like to see my Jewish compatriots vote in our own best interests, Rob. I think that the what has emerged in the aftermath of uh, October 7th, to me, one of the things that's emerged is that the only real block of people standing with Israel and Israelis and Jews in our time of, of trial are American conservative Christians. Um, there are good individuals in other groups who see that this is a this is a civilizational war and, and understand it and understand enough about Israeli character and the nature of the, the country that they know Israel's not doing this to be mean or for no reason. This is a fight for survival. It's a war. And, and there are other people who have the character to see that and stand with Israel, despite how, how messy and horrific, you know, this all is. But I think as a block, as a group, you know, we know it's more the Republicans here in America, not the Democrats, you know, with certain exceptions. I mean, older Democrats do seem to get it better. But so, yes, I mean, between Israel, excuse me, and, um, you know, our, our own American border and economy and strength and, and stability in the world, I really want to see my, my fellow Jewish Americans cast a pragmatic vote for Donald Trump. But I, I don't know that it's going to happen. I mean, Jews tend to be very heavily Democrat, you know, and uh, I think it's I think it's a shame at this point because I agree with you. It's it's not, you know, the votes are in a lot of ways being taken for granted, although, you know, I will say that early on, I think Biden struck the right tone, you know, but, you know, we've seen his early resolve give way in recent months regarding Israel and, you know, there's this double standard whereby, I mean, Israel is judged more harshly than other countries at war. Um, we see this continuous loop of, you know, Palestinian suffering, which I, I'm sorry for, you know, in terms of the civilians, but we don't see that kind of coverage of uh, Ukrainians, you know, shooting off Russian soldiers' kneecaps. And we don't see that, you know, you know, we didn't see in World War Two. You know, vivid pictures of the children dying in Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And I mean, you know, there is a double standard here, which isn't to say that concern for civilian life isn't legitimate. It is. But, you know, um, we're just not seeing 
you know, the recent Democratic statements, I think Anthony Blinken said something like, just because Israelis were dehumanized on October 7th, it doesn't give them the right to dehumanize other people or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. And I thought that was pretty lousy. I mean, you know, it's one thing to be concerned about civilian life on both sides. I do understand that. I am as well. But to try to make it out like Israel's just doing this campaign to be, you know, for revenge and to be sadistic, I mean, it's, it's, it's really a slander. It isn't true. My understanding is that Israeli soldiers are dying in greater numbers than ever because they're making these incursions. They're going in to fight in order to minimize the casualties to civilians. You know, like you've said, Rob, if Israel didn't care about that, they would just carpet bomb the place, maybe, you know. So I don't, you know, I don't appreciate the Democrats, um, you know, essentially maligning Israel, you know, for fighting this sadly defensive war that I believe me, I Israelis wish was not necessary. And I think that the Democrats here in leadership are smart enough to know that. So I didn't appreciate that. And yeah, I think that, um, we just need stronger leadership and, you know, leadership with moral clarity, Rob, we need, we need a conservative. We need to get rid of Biden and, um, Jews should be smart enough to realize that, but I don't know if they are going to be. Well, I think what has happened, Heather, when you look at it, is I, when I opened up talking about the black community, is that the Democrats have done a fantastic job in creating this narrative that they are the one, they are the savior for Jews and for blacks. It's almost like they're the that the Democrats are like the Moses who are leading uh, both groups out of this 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 darkness and into the light. And that's just not the case. And that's for while sure. I, right. And while I blame, well, while I say the Democrats have done a good job, Republicans, conservatives have done a poor job in repositioning the narrative. They are too reactionary as opposed to creating their own narrative and saying, this is what we will do. This is what we can do. They follow behind and they're always trying to explain away how Democrats define them. And when you have the media, and even more so now, that that propagates this lie and provide them with the narrative, it's hard to go against. And I think that Republicans have got to start standing up, shaping the narrative, creating the narrative, and not just say, this is why you should vote for us, but demonstrate it and be sincere about it. I think that a lot of Republicans are afraid to make a stand. It's more so, well, I did it. You know where my heart is. You know what I'm going to do. No, in today's day and age, you have to show it. And if you don't show it, people can't connect with it. And if they think that you're afraid to talk it and show it, then of course they're going to say, well, I don't know what your intentions are. And the Democrats, along with the media, they will move in and they will switch the narrative. They will control the narrative. They will mold the narrative. Then what's left? And I've always said, and I've been saying this quite often, that with the Republican Party, I said this in 2012, 
2020 and 2022, definitely in 2020, when we had the change election and you had so many minorities, and I hate using that word because it's such a, you know, it seems so negative, but that were running for office and you didn't see minorities in the, on the conservative side, you didn't see the support that was needed for this group, both the Jewish community, uh, Jews that were running, and Blacks, Mexicans, Hispanics. You did not see that support. And it was almost as if the Republicans were afraid to step out and say, yes, we support this candidate. And Rona McDaniels, I blame her because she was focusing in on, well, we can't win that race because they always vote Democrats. Well, so what? A change can come. And if you get behind those candidates, you never know what would happen. There are, I will speak from experience, there are Black people that are saying, yes, we will vote this way, but we need for you to come to us and talk to us. Tell us what mm-hmm. you're going to do. Democrats are more than willing to do it. And all, and when they do it, it's a bunch of lies. Like I said, almost 60 years mm-hmm. since the civil rights. And they still have black mm-hmm. people out marching almost 60 years since the civil rights. And they're still telling black people, oh, Republicans don't like you. We can do it. But you're telling me you can do it. But why am I still in the ghetto? Why is it that in my neighborhood, we still don't have basic service? Why is it that you're dumping more illegals in my neighborhood and then you're telling me that the country is racist, but you keep allowing illegals to cross the border? So if this country is so racist the way you say it is, I would think you would tell them, don't come here because America is racist. We don't want you to partake in that. But instead, you keep bringing them here and you're giving them money. You're dumping them in our neighborhoods, the neighborhoods that you claim you're going to make better. And not only are you putting them in our neighborhoods, you're putting them in high-end hotels in some instances. You're giving them vouchers to live on. And we don't have it. We have homeless people in our neighborhoods. We're not getting this. But yet still, you want me to vote for you. And like I said, like clockworks, Black people will do it. You look at Lori Lightfoot. I mean, Chicago is a perfect example. Look at Chicago. Every weekend, blacks are dying. Every weekend, like clockwork. You don't hear about it. They don't say anything about it. They just move right on to the next black person. You have black kids who don't see beyond the age of 12. And you have black kids that are saying, when I die, I want to wear this. I read this once in a magazine, and it touched my heart. I'm like, are you serious? A 10-year-old saying, when I die, I want want to be buried in this, because they don't see beyond that. But Democrats are saying, oh, we're going to help you. It's like, do they really care? Does anybody care about these kids, Rob? I mean, I just, you know, I care. I mean, I'm not claiming I'm laying down my life for them, but I care. I, I feel... You know, these, these little American kids, these black kids, so many of them die in gun violence in the inner cities. These Palestinian kids are dying. You know, it could all be avoided with smarter leadership and less toxic, insane ideas. But and it can't it happen, seems- and it won't happen, Heather, until black people and Jewish people wake up step out there and say, we need a change. Now, again, I'm not blaming them because I blame a lot of the politicians who want the vote. But at a certain point, they're brainwashed. 
I mean, to go from Lauren Lightfoot to Brandon Johnson. No, I don't mean to be disrespectful to people with other their views, but I mean, how do you really at this point justify supporting, you know, the police being completely emasculated and, and just rendered impotent? I mean, how do you support an open border? How do you support all these, these policies in the name of justice for certain adults? who are breaking the law most of the time. And okay, so there can be some awareness. We don't want people to be subject to police brutality and to, you know, be turned away if they have legitimate asylum claims. But I mean, this pendulum has swung so far. It's so ridiculous. Innocent people, including children, are paying the price. And these people, they're just totally stubborn. They will not draw the connection between the so-called leaders and policies they vote for and the, the effect on life and on the innocent. And, uh, you know, they think they're, you know, they think they are morally right, but it's like, look around. Just look around at the state of our cities. You know, look around at the, the mayhem in the world. How do they, I mean, what, they honestly believe that Trump, Trump's tweets are worse than people dying, you know, horrible deaths and total mayhem and disorder and, you know, chaos in the cities and drugs proliferating and dictators and terrorists emboldened. I just, you know, it's very depressing when you consider, you know, we want to bring some advancement to the Middle East. We want the people of Gaza host uh, this operation to have some kind of new leadership and, and learn, you know, more humanistic coexistence kind of ideas. But it's like these people in our own country, I mean, I'm not saying that they're the equivalent of Hamas. I'm not saying voting for the Democrats is that bad, but I mean, it's, it's just, it's voting for more dysfunction and violence and mayhem that lands on innocent people and they're stubbornly clinging to it. And it's like, how do you, how are we supposed to change the hearts and minds of people in truly, you know, uh, backward places, frankly, places that don't have a free press, that don't have a culture of democracy, if we can't even penetrate the brainwash here? I don't know. I mean, what do you think? It's daunting. It is daunting. And we're up against another commercial break. And we'll pick this conversation up. How do we affect change after years of the Jewish community and Blacks voting for Democrats? What will it take to change it? You're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. And my co-host tonight is Heather Robinson. We'll be back after this commercial break. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from AmericaOutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome American speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. 
Voices, One Freedom, United in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news. A place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Asiya believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our Redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Heaven's hard to believe we're at the last half of the show, and I don't know about you, but I think that this has been a rather interesting conversation. And while we can't solve the problem, we can discuss it. And I think that it's worth discussing. And I wish many others would stop and have similar conversations because I think that in doing so, hopefully they'll realize that, you know, when you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, it's just not going to happen. And I dare say, I think that's what's happening, you know, with the, the Jewish community and the black community. And I st- it's time to wake up because I don't think that the Democrat Party, well, it's not the Democrat Party of our parents or grandparents. It is a progressive party that's a woke party that's full of lies and fantasies and Anything outside of that, if you question them, they will immediately call you or say that you have some phobia or that you're against them, you don't like them. And then the final say is they'll drop the race card and no one wants to be called a racist. And again, that's designed to end any conversation so that you don't threaten them, you won't come up against them. So what people do is that they stay in their little cupboards or houses and they don't say anything and then they watch the demise i think that we're watching the demise of a civilized civilization a country because people are afraid to speak up and when it's all said and done when history looks at this people will say wow i can't believe this happened i mean you look at what happened during covid of what we were told and now we're slowly being told that all those precautions that we took it was unnecessary But the media refuses, they absolutely refuses to say this was a colossal mistake. We got it wrong because in doing so, they would be admitting that the Democrats were wrong. So they refuse to call it out. I still see people walking around wearing a mask. Now, granted, 
the mask has its purpose. There are some people who suffer from respiratory problems, and they have found out that wearing that mask has helped them. My mom is one of them. Uh-huh. She, she has very bad sinuses. And she said that when she started wearing the mask, her sinuses, the issues that she was having, it became alleviated. However, oh. wearing, it, wearing it for long periods of time, she said that it wasn't good. So she knows when to wear it and when not to wear it. But you have other people who think that I need to wear it all the time. They will wear it in their cars. They will wear it in the privacy of their homes because we were told that this was going to save us. It was going to help us the same way we were told that if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to kill everybody. That was wrong. The media is yet to come out and say it was wrong. The same way they will not come out and tell black people, you have been voting for Democrats for how long? What has it gotten you? The Democrats have told you that they're concerned about giving you reparations. Have you gotten it? Absolutely not. They are now telling you we need to have a committee that's going to study this for five years. But when it was time for the illegals to come across the border, they immediately said, we're going to give them money. We're going to give them housing and we're going to give them a place to stay. And we might even give them the right to vote. And you know what? We're going to say vote even if you don't belong here. But we're going to tell you that, oh, they're trying to suppress your vote because they want you to have an ID. And I'm like, look, look at the logic here. You only need to spell it out the way I'm saying it. Now, just imagine, Heather, if the media, if they were all were to come out and say, this is what happened and this is what you were told. Just think of the amount of people, uh, I dare say think about it, because they probably wouldn't believe it, would say, wow, we were lied to. The same thing with the Jewish community, I would think, with the Biden saying, well, we're going to do this. But then behind closed doors, he and Blinken are saying, no, we need a two-state solution. No, they should stop borrowing. They should stop this. And Israel's a bad player. But when are you going to tell Hamas that they're a bad player? When are you going to admit yeah, well, that, that giving that money to Iran has been channeled back to Hamas to create the damage that they're doing? Think of the three soldiers, Heather. Three soldiers. When, we, when February came in, it's Black History Month, three soldiers were killed because of the money, more than likely, that Biden gave to Iran, and that money went to Yemen. Now, just think yeah, about that. Yeah. Think of that family, how they're feeling right now, that their loved ones are gone. But yet and still, come Election Day, yeah. people are going yeah. for the Democrats. I know. And, they're, you know, by the way, Hamas is still holding seven Americans. We never hear about We that. never hear about it. You know, you know, I mean, why is that? I, I don't understand it. They, they may be dual uh, U.S. Israeli citizens, but, but still, they're Americans. When we, yeah, you know, and I mean, it, I'm I'm equally concerned for all the hostages, the captives. But you know, it strikes me as odd that America has very little to say about this. We're just worried about the Palestinians, okay? I mean, I get it. I'm worried about children too, but they have our people. They are holding our people. They want it to stop. What about give back our people before you ask us for money? But no one is saying anything. What about our people? Like I said, they, they, that's, it should be non-negotiable. We're not going to negotiate with a ceasefire. Give us back our people. Give us back the Americans. No one left behind. Now, imagine, if you will, if a Republican was in office, 
the media and the Democrats would be attacking them. How could you? Americans are there. Americans are dying. Oh, my God, I don't believe this, et cetera, et cetera. But now that it's the Democrats, why does this kept? Look at the wars that have come under Biden's regime. Now, remember when Trump was coming into office in 2016, you had all of these soothsayers saying that Trump is going to bring us into World War III. Oh, the country is going to be gone. It's going to be over. It never happened. It and never people happened. people who listened after dark knew there was no way out of this Ukraine mess two years ago we were talking about. Heather, it's you always like called it out. Yeah. We are, well, we are you three know, years. We're, I'll say this. We're three years coming up on the third anniversary of this war. And you always cautioned us. You said this is not a good I idea. It's the second. In fairness, it's but, been two years. Believe it's been, me, it's going to be three. But we're, it's isn't, gonna this be, a, isn't this the third anniversary we're coming up on? Seems like it. It seems yeah. like it, but no. It's two years ago. Wow. Two years ago. But, but it doesn't, there's no end in sight. So, I mean, God God forgive me. I hope to be wrong. But I, I don't think it's a stretch to think there will be the three-year anniversary. Mm. I mean, if, uh, you know, Biden's, um, see, it's February. So, well, by then, and God willing, Trump's in office and he'll bring about a negotiated peace. And we were told that this would be over with in a matter of months not years, and we're still right. here. Like, like Russia's going to back up. Russia's a huge country, hundreds of millions of people who support Putin, many of them. And well, like the- it or not, they do. You know, they have nuclear weapons. This is their border. You know, it's fascinating. I watched um, Tucker Carlson's interview of Putin the other night, and I'm no fan of either Tucker at this point or Putin. But I think it was pretty clear from a lot of what he was saying that that I, I just don't think the whole thing would have happened if the West hadn't pushed and pushed on this NATO thing. I think it was unnecessary, as I've said all along. That doesn't mean I like Putin. That's not the point. You know, you, you, know, you don't, don't push a gangster around in his backyard for no real particular reason. It was just stupid, stupid foreign policy. And we are reaping the disastrous consequences. And thank God it hasn't been any even more disastrous for us. But I have my suspicions. I mean, who knows what all, you know, happens behind the scenes. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I really, I don't know if you heard, but Putin said some nasty stuff uh, after October 7th. And, and Israel went to defend itself. And he said, oh, this is like the siege of Stalingrad, something like that. And I thought to myself, you know. I'm not saying he and the Russians had anything to do with October 7th, but they sure as hell weren't going to tip us off this time, you know, with what we've got going on. You know, I just suspect this is just my suspicion and I can't prove it. I'm not saying Russia did anything. I'm just saying Russia used to cooperate with us and we with them on against Islamist terrorism. But I think we've lost that alliance by fighting them over something that really was not our fight at some point heather it has to stop at some point we have to realize what we what blacks have been doing and jews have been doing is voting for these people over and over again and to what end they've gotten nothing in return it has been nothing but lies we're going to do this for you we're going to do that but they haven't done it They just want the vote. And in turn for the vote, 
empty promises. And it seems as if, yeah. as I mentioned, that they don't even want to help. They just want them to think that we're going to help you. But they are very quick to say that, oh, Republicans, they don't like you. They're racist. They don't like the Jews. And look at what Trump said. And it's like, but that's just not true. You guys haven't done anything but tell us lies. There has to be a change because we can't continue down this road, Heather. We can't continue down this road. And I would submit to you, as I opened up during the, uh, or the question that I had during the first block of the show, who would be best, Biden or Trump, Democrats or Republicans? And as I've always said, I think at this point, Republicans, 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 granted, Republicans aren't the best. Granted, I think that they do need to get their acts together. They need to have a message. They need to come out a lot more stronger than what they're doing. But I think it beats what the Democrats are doing, which is just selling us empty promises just to get the vote and then sitting down and then going a different direction and helping someone else, especially when it comes to blacks and just going back to the illegals that are here. Empty promises. Give us your vote, but we're going to keep you where you are. We're going to keep telling you that the Republicans are bad, that they're, going to, they're not going to help you, when in actuality, the Democrats aren't helping. We've got to make a change. And that change has to start immediately. I can't see going through another decade, another 20 years with the same thing. Party labels, set aside the party labels. Who's actually going to take us to the next level? Who's actually going to live by their word? My word is my bond. Democrats certainly aren't going to do it. And I've pointed that out in many different instances. So it will, it will be the same thing. They'll say one thing and do something completely different. What do you say, Heather? Yeah, I agree. And it has to. So we're coming up on the end of the show, Heather. Now, you wanted to share with us a story that you had uh, heard about or read about. Oh, just briefly, Rob. Uh, I was at a political event today in Pittsburgh. There's a young woman named Bhavini Patel who's running uh, as a, a Democrat who's running for the Democratic nomination for Congress uh, here in Pittsburgh. She's trying to unseat uh, Summer Lee, who is a very, very hard left um, militant leftist who is uh-huh. now in Congress. Just She's also a minority woman. She's Indian. Uh, Summer Lee happens to be black. Um, she, Bhavini Patel, is... Uh, pro-Israel, or at least much more, she's less hostile to Israel. You know, she was talking today about how she's concerned about civilians on both sides, but that she thinks that we have to, we can't villainize Israel. Israel is the defensive party here, and she has her head on straight about that, so I hope she has a shot here in Western Pennsylvania, Rob. Bavini Patel is her name. Mm -hmm. Well, we do need more, as I said, we do need more of a diverse group of people that are running for office, I think that when you look at the Republican Party, and I'm not one for diversity and equity, I'm not one just to do it just because of race or color or whatnot, but when you look at the Republican Party, the people that are out talking, it does scare some people that you only see aged old white men. We need to get more people that are there, and there are people there that support them, but we need to see representation as well. And that's possible. And it's not that we're just putting them out there because, well, we're just putting this person there because he's black or because you're Jewish or because it's a woman, because you're Hispanic. No, we're putting the best qualified person there. And I submit to you, as I mentioned earlier on during the second block, that in 2020, we had a lot of viable candidates that were good. But I don't think the Republican Party got behind them to support them. 
I hope that they run again during this election cycle. And I hope that Republicans get behind them and support them because that's what we need. We need to diversify. We need to bring in a whole new group of people so that we can stop counting on one block who, if they get mad at us, oh, we're going to lose the election. We need many people in to help us take this all the way to the end to win. So I would submit to my listeners, get out there, spread the word. Don't keep it to yourself. Talk to people, tell people about our party platform, let people know that, hey, this party is big enough for everyone and it's time for a change. And the only way we're going to make that change is if we stand up and be the change to make a difference. You've been listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Outlaw platform and my co-host tonight, Heather Robinson. Thank you for joining us. God bless. And as my friend Andrew would always say, stand for something, a fall for nothing. Thank you and good night.